sent to the editor of the press level newspaper from January 10, 2023. Any since the date, time, and location of this meeting will provide in the notice. This meeting is open to the public. Roll call. Councilmember Weaver? Here. Booker? Here. Headlong? Here. Gorman? Here. Keeler? Present. Amen. Um, here. Uh, okay, first up, we'd like to have a moment of silence for Lori Klein. Uh, most people here remember Lori. She's very nice person. Big part of our community. So I feel that. Yes. Booker? Yes. Carolina? Yes. Gorman? Yes. 
humor. Yes, it was a good audit. We have uh, no corrective actions that we need to do, so that's a good thing. And the, the auditor uh, said our surplus is in fine shape, um, back to uh, where it should be, and even a little hefty. We'll look at that next year, but if we're in good financial shape, um, as you know from our budget this year, et cetera, but uh, uh, the audit was, in, was a very good audit this year. As Chris said, no, no uh, Corrective actions need to be taken. No findings, none of those. Congratulations. Project Crowder. Yep. That's on the work group. Yeah, let's see. Okay, uh, do we have anything for executive session? Or I don't have anything for okay, executive session. I don't have anything either. Is anybody? The mayor? I just want to mention for executive session. Okay, sounds good. That means. Are you doing very intensive comments? Or? Uh, the, oh, no, I apologize, Jack. I, yeah. Yeah, I was on there and then I already announced it. It was not being in the space. So, yeah, yeah let, me, I'll, let me give you a brief update. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Heather again and everyone who's on the farmer's market. You guys are doing a great job. Hopefully, we're getting a good turnout. Yeah. Every Tuesday, right? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Nine to two. Well, a couple of things are coming out. One, <laughs> we'd like to, there's an opportunity to expand. 
to get more vendors, but we need to additional space. So I've been ran some numbers with Captain Arias on just Tuesdays and knowing the beach's parking is coming to an end. We'd love to move closer to as close to Ocean Avenue as possible because we need the street traffic now versus the beach traffic sure. to come and support the market. But there's a desire for more vendors to come and then they'd also like to change the time because they're seeing a lot more activity towards the tail end. So they'd love to do like a 12 to 5. Which I think a lot of the community makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all positives. So it is. There would only be one week of paid parking next Tuesday. And down by Chapel, like area, there's no. I haven't seen parking there on Tuesday mornings for weeks. So. So it'll run outside through October 24th, and then come the end of October when it starts to get pretty dark, we're going to move inside the rec center. Okay. So we'll be kind of the only community nearby that's going to offer a farmer's market year-round. And all the vendors seem to be excited about that option as well. And when it comes to the wintertime, we can turn it into a bazaar and bring, you know, different type of more gifting vendors towards the holiday, but we'd like to just see how long we can keep it going. If the community supports it, the vendors would show up. So as Joe said, it only affects one more week of part, pay parking, mm -hmm. after which it doesn't affect the yeah. other week. And if you look at Tuesdays, honestly, for a while, I haven't, you know, there's, we're not maxed out from a parking standpoint on two, just Tuesdays. Yeah, well, we're going to cheat, right? We'll figure it out, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll sit down and see how we can work it out. I always just have very hesitant about blocking off a big chunk of paid parking spots or paid parking. And not that I don't like the farmer's market, but I want to make sure other people come in and say, well, they got to do that. Why can't we do that? And I want to make sure that your farmer people are happy. It, it's easy for us because I know they, people want certain spots. I don't want to go get into that a couple of years ago. <coughs> wanted spots and there was a resident park there and then we had to take it and tow them and then it really just became a big to do. I want to make sure it works for everybody so I don't want to take and tow any business owners in there. Anybody, I want to make it work the best we can. So we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Yeah, because you and I spoke about it too. It was just like so tough because you have business parking that you have to account for it. Yeah, and the business parking and the parking yesterday. So yep. all the business people are now out of the church we bought, which is a ton of cars over on this side too, but we'll figure something out. Yeah, so you know, everyone was kids in school, but we do. Yes. Uh, it's just a big week, it kicks off again here in Ocean Board and Shore Regional. So uh get up there, it was nice safe and fun here for our little guys, but we like everyone in the region, everyone's some starting today, some are starting Thursday, tomorrow, so tis the season. Um, yeah, there's not much I can really update speaking of schools regarding the regionalization. That's a kind of ongoing more legal round of everything we can things will continue to shake out over the next few weeks. So I'll see if we have more information to report on it for our executive session. But uh that, anybody have any updates for us for their committees? Yeah, just a couple things. Just on the other hand, the consent agenda. Have a pair of uh, E1 that's going to take about a month and a half or so. And, um, that, and the truck is 19 years old, so there's a fire sheet. The repairs should give you another five to seven years useful service. And then 
Yeah, so he went unconscious in the back of the ambulance and he performed CPR, and by the time he got to the hospital, the patient was ready to go. Oh, yeah, that's great. So, between all his skills, he did a great job in the back of the ambulance. And about 14 of the 23 patients we saw were from Santa. Oh, wow. Santa would have this been able to get. Right to checks. 
So I don't want to get everybody's hopes up. A lot of work ahead, but that, I think that's a very positive thing. No, what we want to do is we want to get everybody to seven feet above flood above mean high tide. And we have people in town right now that have everything from no bulkhead to a low bulkhead to an acceptable bulkhead. Right? And what we're talking about, if you remember from our discussions, is a project that would go somewhere from the Rumson Bridge, because that is a high point in our downtown area, somewhere down around Osborne, potentially a little bit south of that. Because Ocean Avenue picks up a little bit in that southern area. And what we want to create is an area between those two points that the bulkhead would protect, number one, that the, the, the uh, uh, check valves would help protect against, and the additional uh, pump station being done as part of the Haver project would all come together for purposes of making this work. And whether this ultimately gets funded by Fed, state, or through bonding in us, the assessment is it would probably protect us against the 80% storm. In other words, a sandy would come over the top. But anything short of that that we've typically experienced, this design would help to be able to protect against. That would be huge for the town of Seabright. So I appreciate the support of everybody that's involved in this and we're making good progress. One question. Um, if people downtown think go on, is there public access requirements? Well, you know, it depends on the grant type that we get, and we don't know that yet. If it's FEMA money directly through a federal grant, that may be a string attached to it, which we may not accept. If it's the kind of program I just described from BRIC or FMA, uh, what Jillian said is it will not come with a string attached like that on public access. So, and, and in the end, we don't want to do this through a bonding process. We'd like to get federal money as best as we can. But I had Mike Baskin do an analysis that said, if we did this project and we bonded it through the whole town, what would the impact be to the average taxpayer? And the answer was $180 a year. So if we wind up going down that path, ultimately, that would be the way we would not want to go. But in the end, the benefit that we would derive from something like that would be huge. Everybody in the town would benefit from something like that. So that's a preliminary number. We prefer not to go that way. We'd like to get federal funding. And if we get that, our goal would have this whole project done in two years. Get the approvals, get the state fund, the federal funding, and a year for the project after that. Have it done roughly about two years from now. So you're, more expert on this than I. Anything you would add to that? No, it was a positive meeting today. Uh, we think we've qualified. Uh, as as, uh, as, as Councilman uh, Bieber said, it's the benefit cost analysis that's going to come down to it. And that's why we're having the meeting. And hopefully, we have the statistics that show how many man hours, how many trucks. I guess it was. it's kind of like the same thing we went through with Sandy, you know, on getting reimbursed through FEMA. Uh, how many people were out there, what the, what the damage is to our vehicles going through salt water. I don't know how you quantify that, but it's, uh, it's, it's certainly just a, uh, a statistical kind of uh, analysis that they do. And I think we should be able to, to do that. And the strings aren't attached, according, uh, according to uh, Julie. I mean, this would be huge for the town. It would us off the news. For the majority of the storms that happen when we sort of flood gap a little bit on the Jersey Shore. So, very good progress there, and I appreciate everybody's help. The second thing is good progress on the train pavilion project down at Anchorage that we talked about. I know we presented that at the workshop. Uh, we're making progress in the request for quotas out. It's out in, in, it's out in the public now. Uh, we have a couple vendors that we're, we're hoping uh, respond to this. Our goal is to try to have responses by uh, before our next workshop. 
And if that happens, I would present the results of that. It, is the art workshop next week? It, the RFPs are due the day of the workshop. You have to um, have so many days. Yeah, it has to be out for It's actually a bit. I think we, well, anyway, the exact time will work out. But the goal would be, and I, I have some concerns about this, the goal would be to get bids back and take a look at them. If they fit within the available funding, that we would have a recommended uh, provider and we get approval through a resolution to do that. Yeah. The reason I say I have concern about it is um, if you take a look at the RFP that went out, it was that thick. And this is for a pavilion that's off the shelf. So how people are going to respond, and Sam, you went through the same thing with, with the lifeguard stands, right? We're going to have to try to figure out a way through this. But the good news is we've made progress, things are happening. Real quickly, on the code enforcement front, just a quick update. <clears throat> year to date, the court fee payments that we've received are up 76% from last year. So it's bad for the person that gets the ticket. It's good from a revenue perspective. And you remember, a lot of this was driven by the desire to reduce illegal parking. So I think a good chunk of this increase is coming from the increase of the illegal parking ticket from $50 to $125. So Chief and your team, thank you for what you're doing there. It's making a big difference, and I would imagine it's impacting the amount of illegal parking, hopefully, but it's nonetheless, it's resulting in increased revenue. So thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> Short-term rental is going really, really well. We are getting our monthly uh, checks now from the state. They come every month. Uh, even before the summer started, the revenue generated was over $40,000 for this. We have 60 people who have signed up. And to me, one of the most important things about this is now all the short-term rentals that are registered are getting formal COs. And they're getting documentation on what are the rules with regard to renting. And this process is actually putting some good things in place. So we had three goals in this. Number one was to have people apply. The application fee is $500. We have 60 people who apply. Number two was to implement the municipal tax, which we have done, and that's what's generating a lot of revenue. And three was, was the council's decision and desire to have short-term rentals no less than seven days. We are struggling with that one right now because what people are doing is they're saying, oh, I only rented two out of seven. So it didn't change the fact that it's a short-term rental, but they're not renting it for the whole week. So what I'm going to do at the end of the summer is I'm going to get Tom and Karen and probably Joe together and do a little bit of lessons learned. And how do we want to, if any way, change this for next year? Is there anything we want to improve, modify, do differently? But the program has done everything that we had hoped for this year, and hopefully we'll make it even better next year. I think just one thing to add for next year, just as an observer, is if there's any way of upkeep of the home, like some of those Airbnbs, they're like overgrown and- Not well maintained? Yes. Okay. Okay, and the last thing I have there is um, we had asked Richard to put together, uh, with Tom Hagee's input, a draft ordinance on fire pits in town, if you remember that discussion. Richard's done that, he's prepared to draft it out. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll be happy to take a look at it. And once we take a review of that, we'll circulate around for consideration by the council. That's it, Mayor. Thank you. 76%. Thanks, Ron. Yep. There are more questions. Do we get any complaints from Mayor Davis? Like, were there any problems about the party or anything like that? Are we thinking about this? I don't think we had. I mean, we had calls for some noise and music and stuff like that, but it never came to where this is an Airbnb and people shouldn't be able to that. Like, we didn't have any of a lot of those. I don't think we had any of them where it we was. We you had those last year, though, right? 
we couldn't prove this or that, and they, you know, they pulled the plug on it. So um, I, I would just say, and, and I, I know that the administration will do a great job of this, is, is just, you know, being as diligent as we possibly can, and timely as we possibly can, with this to increase our chances of uh, not just scoring well, but when it comes time to really for a final review, that we're not going to surprise us. I don't want to uh, work on something in the fall, like a cleanup uh, with Public Works, and, and so we're, we're talking about it. Uh, right now, Public Works got their hands full. Hopefully, we wind down here, and uh, we're going to start to work on, on our list of things that need attention right once we get past the season. Yeah, that's a wrap for the uh, public portion of the meeting. So we're just going to have a brief executive session. And once again, we're not going to have to take any action afterwards. So this is the end of the public portion. Next week, guys. Uh, with that being said, we'll submit make a motion to enter into closed session. So moved. Second. Councilor Beer? Yes. Cooper? Yes. Catalano? Yes. Gorman? Yes. Gilbert? Yes. And that meeting has a little bit of a second.